Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we talk about how you can help athletes dealing with the psychological aspect of being injured. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure you knew about my free online course on the introduction to performance therapy and training. If you want to learn how to get started optimizing and enhancing performance, this is the course for you. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash performance to sign up today. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. We're up at Champion PT and Performance up in Boston, Massachusetts. I'm here with Mike Scaduto, Lisa Russell, Dan Pope. Lenny Macrina, Dave Tilly, answering all your amazing questions. We've got a trifecta of students from all around Our the country. I almost said world, but we need we need some world travelers. Like, can we get some students from other countries? Try the work visa thing is a curveball. Uh, that's a thing. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. strike that. Yeah. Len, who do we have for students today on this episode? We had Matt Kelly from Canada for the record, so we love you, Matt. Uh, we have Nick Fromaggioli from Duke University. He is our resident. <laughs> An Italian PT student. Yeah, he's like a mozzarella cheese. We have Fernando Espinosa from the University of Wisconsin in lovely Madison. I've never been to the state of Wisconsin, but I hear they have really good cheese curds. And also Joe Goet. Joe is from Virginia Commonwealth University. I think I finally said his name right after like eight weeks of his internship. So nailed it. We, is that right, Joe? That's right. That's Woo! Joe's pretty happy. Reflect. I, I gotta admit, I'm coming back. You guys look like you all need some sun. I've been, I've been, in, I don't want Dave. I've been down in spring training a little bit, but you got, you got Joe. You need some sun, bro. Joe's been hiding in a cave studying for his boards. <laughs> I turned around and he's blending in with the paint. <laughs> he's nauseous about his boards. <laughs> All right, who's got the question today? Is it Joe? Yeah, yeah I got it here. All right, All right what do we got? Jennifer from Massachusetts says, Hey, guys, I was curious on how you handle the psychological aspect of injury at Champion. I see many physical therapists who are great at physically helping athletes return to their sport but lack the knowledge when it comes to mentally preparing them as well. I see so many athletes come through the doors who are upset, regretful, have fears of re-injury, and become really burnt out in the rehab process. So how do you guys handle these situations? Question. Yeah, it's a good question. You know, we actually haven't tackled this much um, on the show a little bit. We've talked a little bit about some professional burnout a little bit with some of the podcasts. And, you know, we had some good guest posts in the, in the past on my website. But, you know, from the athlete perspective, I think this is this is a pretty, a pretty cool topic. So... Um, heck, I don't know. I don't want to just throw it at somebody, but what do you think, Dave? You feel like you... I guess I'm throwing it at you. <laughs> I mean, so Dave works... Kind of with, baseball, so. Dave works with, you know, younger female athletes, right? So you have, you know, a different kind of perspective a little bit. I know that probably a lot of our athletes probably hide their feelings a little bit on our end a little bit more, kind of more, you know, the collegiate or pro-level male athletes. So maybe we start with that because I think obviously, you know, you have some interesting perspectives, but I, I actually think, you know, learning from you, for example, may actually help us work with some of our other people that are probably just putting on a, a, a fake smile sometimes. Sure. So what do you think, Dave? Where do you want to start with this? Yeah, um, I think that 
I've learned from my experiences, again, working in this population, that you have to remember that what matters to them, you have to kind of get from their point of view. It takes a lot of empathy, I think, to have a really good understanding of this. And I think that on the younger athlete side, for sure, is like you always have to get back to like a big thing for them is like social acceptance and is like being part of a community in their team and like half their life, if not more, is part of like their team and their community. And so like that's a big part of who they are when they're younger, especially. So I think always recognizing that that's a big, you know, driver of kind of why they may be nervous or have something like that. I think that the, the fear of social judgment from their peers or their coach or their parent about why they're injured or like they're kind of like the outcast a little bit you know they're kind of like usually off to the side and training they're not involved I think that that's a huge barrier to making sure that someone doesn't kind of spiral into a negative uh, thought process so I always think about that but also like kind of allude to the question is like fears are always at the root of a lot of these things like fear of re-injury the fear of again social judgment the fear of will I get back is this going to derail me a lot and so I think that Obviously, on the on the physical side, we have a lot of tools to pick those things up, but you always have to be thinking about from their point of view, what are they most scared about or what are they most nervous about? And it's usually a conversation about fear, insecurity, or social judgment. One of those three things has pretty much always been involved in a, a younger athlete that I've worked with, especially in a high-pressure sport like gymnastics, where it's always it feels very cutthroat, it is. But yeah. um, sometimes when you can kind of intercept some of those things about like, don't catastrophize like this isn't the end of the world like you heal you'll get better this isn't this doesn't mean all of your life is falling apart just like this area of gymnastics is maybe struggling a little bit and then educating coaches and parents about how can you keep them involved in training can you give them a program where they can go for an hour and kind of still be involved like the rehab process itself is sometimes a little bit more isolating so that's kind of my advice yeah no i i, I kind of i like where you, you went with that here because there's a lot of different things that could be going on in the head of an athlete right mm-hmm. so so you brought up a couple of kind of points. I'm just going to try to, you know, get it out of my head a little bit from hearing you. But, you know, I heard a couple of things. One was obviously there's that fear of re-injury, right? And, man, I, I actually wonder, the more I learn about this, the more I work with it, I wonder if that's, like, you know, the least uh, effective one, right? Mm-hmm. The fear of re-injury. That's probably the one we go to the most, right? There's Sometimes there's lack of confidence in their limb or their, you know, their injured body part or whatever, or fear of getting re-injured again. Um, you know, those are those are the ones that I think we do a better job in our environment, like the service-based industry of like fitness and wellness and rehab, those types of things. I think we do well with that because we can do things like graduated exercises and slowly increasing the demands to get them to have some more confidence in their limb in their extremities so we see those sorts of things uh, but yeah I think some of the other ones that you kind of started hitting on and maybe this is what you guys can kind of think about if anybody else has any more like feedback but like the other stuff mm-hmm. right so now it's the man the uh, I'm letting my team down yeah because that that actually happens quite a bit especially starting for sure oh man and then imagine getting up to like the pro level yeah. where I'm letting no, I'm letting my team down, I'm letting my coach down, I'm letting the owner down, I'm letting, I'm letting the city of Boston down. People feel this way, right? Like when they get like a big professional injury, I'm getting paid, you know, $75,000 to play tonight and I'm not in the lineup. There's a lot of guilt. You sign a big contract, something like that. So so it's it's fear of, of, of being out of it a little bit too that I think some people kind of, you know, kind of miss. But I don't know, who wants to jump in? Anybody else get anything? I don't know, you already alluded to this, but for the people we see, athletes, especially for you, Mike, all the professional guys, their entire sense of self is completely wrapped up in the sport or their activity that they have. And once you get hurt, that's an enormous threat to that. And you start to you know, have all sorts of crazy emotions that pop up as a result of that. So there's so much you can do, I think, as a physical therapist. But I think the first and most important thing to do is just to realize that it's probably going on, more or less depending on the athletes in front of you, and just 
accept that and let them know that it's okay and we'll work with them. I think where physical therapists kind of go awry a little bit is is kind of belittling that. Right. You know, and I think it's a fine line because one of the things I think we do really well at Champion is having this really fun environment where people are kind of hurt, they're getting better, it's not a big deal, right? And we create that environment, we're not actively telling people like, dude, your problem's not that bad, you'll get better. You know, in some ways we are, but it's a fine line. Again, it depends on the athlete. You don't want to belittle what they're going through, but at the same time, you want to make sure that they understand that it will be okay. Yeah. I've actually seen that backfire too, and that's kind of interesting where you, it, when somebody, if you take the approach and maybe you're doing this intentionally that, hey, it seems like they're overreacting to the threat, the environment that they have, right? They're overreacting to that. Sometimes what we do is we make a mistake of that and we actually try to go the other thing. And you said belittle, and I think that's actually a good good word. Sometimes it's unintentional, but sometimes we try to like minimize it. To, like, I think we do it accidentally. We're not trying to minimize their injury, but we're saying, man, they seem really freaked out for like, this is just like a grade one ankle sprain. Like this shouldn't be that bad. So you try to minimize it. Sometimes I have actually seen that backfire. And then the person has to say like, well, you know, I mean, I don't feel good. I don't feel like I have to play. So now I, I have to, I almost have to pretend it's worse. And then that delays them getting back because they're worried about the social anxiety of, oh, like, especially you get to the pro level. Like what, what's the media thing? Like, you know, the media is going to rip me apart or all these things. So these are all the things like on the big stage with pros, but I think they're happening more at the, you know, high school, middle school level than, than we probably kind of get. So I don't know. What do you guys have? Anything on your guys' end? I don't know. When I have somebody in front of me, whether it's a kid, you know, a college athlete or a professional, I just try to put myself in their shoes, you know, and just what would I want to know? What information would help me to figure out a game plan and give me guidance, you know? So I try to just reverse the, the, the seat and pretend like I'm the athlete and what information would help me the best? Like, am I progressing? Am I normal? Where am I going wrong? What can help me? Just little things like that, I think, would be if you just kind of flip the, you know, the roles and what would be, what would you want to know? You know what I mean? What would, what would help them, you know, better understand their situation? I kind of keep that in like that simple, that simple frame. I try to just kind of figure out what would probably the information would help them better, you know, make a decision on how they feel like they're feeling. You know, because you're trying to interpret their, their generalisms that they're giving you and not all the time they're giving you information. But I think if you can kind of weave through some of the complexity, especially some of the guys that we see that really don't want to talk about it, um, I think it, it kind of helps as well. You know? I've, another strategy I've kind of tried sometimes with this, so it sounds like empathy is number one, right? Dave kind of brought that up a little bit. Belittling them is number two. Oh, wait, no, sorry, not belittling <laughs> them. So, no, but Don't like empathizing them, just be, be careful with how you articulate things. Sometimes, you know, we unintentionally try to minimize it because we think we're trying to help. We're trying to decrease their stress when sometimes that's not necessarily what they want to hear. So the other thing that I, I, I think I would I would kind of add to this is like, how do we keep them, especially as an athlete, how do we keep them part of their team somehow, right? And I've seen some people really succeed with this and some people really fail with this and make it worse. Some people love staying part of the team. Right, so in baseball, just for an example, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm sure we can think of other sports, but in baseball, like if the catchers, if a catcher gets hurt, I mean, I've seen most catchers they get, they do double the work. 
right? They're doing double analysis of the upcoming pitchers. They're getting in on the meetings. They still want to like provide value to their team. So I've seen that a little bit. Then I've seen other ones where people, they just, they isolate themselves because they're anxious. And I think that sometimes makes it worse. So things we can do, I think just on that note is just how do we incorporate them with the team? So we just, we, we did this in spring training this year with some of our baseball players, but the beginning of spring trainings, we're, we're crazy busy, right? There's tons of people around, but you still have some guys that are rehabbing, right? Some guys that are even some high level guys that are rehabbing, right? It's very easy to try to like push them off to the side and have them, you know, the pitchers go play catch over there that are injured and then the healthy guys go over here. But then they start feeling like, well, I'm by myself, you know, nobody's here with me. The, the coach is not over there. You got to make them part of the team, right? And that was one big thing we did is everybody's out on the line at stretch at the same time, including the injury guys, because you got to be part of the team. And then what happens is they get around, they fool around with their friends again. They start doing the same old things that they were doing and they feel part of the team. And then they can tell that their, at, their, their teammates, I should say, not their athletes, their teammates are still accepting them. They're not mad at them, those things like that. So, you know, so, you know, have some empathy, right? Try to put yourself in their shoes a little bit. Watch your words, like don't accidentally minimize or maximize kind of their symptoms. And then I think this is really important is somehow figure out a way to keep them part of the team, right? That's, I think that's a big one all the time. I don't want to speak too much because I already talked about this, but I think the other thing that really helps people with the fear, so the question had kind of two major parts, the fear of re-injury. I think as physical therapists, we have to do a really good job of getting people prepared for whatever they want to try to get back to. So if you're an athlete, say like a field sport, like, a, I don't know, let's say you keep on straining your hamstring as a soccer player, if you never do really advanced drills, never push them to their peak, and then give them some sort of plan after they've rehabbed to stay healthy over the course of time, then of course you're gonna be fearful because they've never actually experienced that stress. They don't feel like they have a good plan or a good process. So actually going through with a good plan of care and showing people they can do it is not only um, you believing as a physical therapist they get better, but the athlete's starting to see that they can make that progress and starting to change in their own head. Absolutely, absolutely. I, th I think that's good advice. And then, I, and then don't forget, we, we oftentimes need to get them some help. They probably don't want to talk to us Right? We're probably actually okay, but if your environment, like us, there's lots of people around, sometimes that's awkward. They probably don't want to talk to their coach. They probably don't want to talk to their teammates or their parents, right? So they, they need like these outside people. So I always tell a story, Bob Mangine, a friend of ours, he's the head athletic trainer in Cincinnati, but he told us a story. I forget what, 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 did, what were the, the, um, he was telling how they changed the name to mental skills and all of a sudden people would go to it, but they weren't going to the, uh, mental, the mental health. That's what it is. They said they, they started this mental health wing for their athletes and nobody took advantage of it, right? But then they changed it to mental skills coaching and all of a sudden everybody took advantage of it and then they started talking about it. So again, there's a stigma. There's a negative stigma there, right? That's, that's our fault as a society. But how do we get them to like a mental skills coach to kind of help them in there? So awesome. Anybody else? Pretty good? Solid? No? Awesome. All right. Well, good. I think that's some good advice. That's a start. And I think that's a good place right there because uh, sometimes we're not equipped. We didn't learn this, right? So sometimes it's just like identifying some of these things. I'll say the more injured athletes I work with, the more I can see these things, right? I remember, that, you know, you start getting like fringe players, like in, you know, uh, you know, minor leagues, you know, NFL Europe back in the day, which was like the minor leagues, the NFL, you know, those guys were 
always nervous of all time that their dream was going to be over. So we got to keep this in mind. This is a big deal, like Dave said. This is a big deal to them. We have to keep that in mind. So uh, hopefully that helps. You know, from there, I think sometimes just outsourcing and just like we always say, it's good to have good strength coaches, massage therapists, physicians, uh, skills coaches. You know, I maybe also need a good mental skills coach or somebody that, that that they can talk to, just kind of in your network as well. So awesome, uh, great question. We haven't really tackled anything like that um, at all. I don't think really. So maybe we probably should more. But great question. Hopefully that gave you a little bit of guidance and and I get the the apprehension with that because that's not probably something we all learn in school. So good one. Um, if you have a question like that, head to MikeRinald.com, click on that podcast link, and you can fill out the form to ask us anything related to you know PT, fitness, business, sports medicine type stuff, anything you want to talk about, and hopefully we'll get to your question in a future episode. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeRinald.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.